having hope when things seem hopeless. Have you ever been there in your life? I remember the time when I was in college, it seemed hopeless I was going to graduate. <laughs> but against hope, I had hope <laughs> that I might make it. I didn't graduate, Lordy, Sum Lordy, Magna Lordy, but my mama was saying, thank you, Lordy. <laughs> She's so proud that the son got up out of there. <laughs> but you see, I, I knew that things seemed hard around me. But I had an expectation, a confident expectation, a confident anticipation that something good was going to happen. Are you hoping in anticipation? And can you hope in tribulation? Uh Uh-oh, watch out, somebody. See, there are those who have hope and there's those who do not. I'm just going to group it up like that. That You've been around those that have hope and you've probably been around some that do not have hope. And when you have hope, you want to be around those people because they have a positive outlook. They look at the positive situations, not the negative. They point out the good and not the bad. But yet, when you don't have hope, you don't think how you can make it. But yet, hope in the Greek here, the word is elpis, and and Greek is defined as a confidence. Somebody say confident. Anticipation and expectation of deliverance. I, I know I use a lot of syllables, a lot of big words, but I'm just break it down to you like this. Hope is this. Tell somebody, hope is this. Trust. That's what it is. That I trust that something good is going to happen. What is trust? A belief, a confidence that this is true. You remember your test you've taken, true or false, right? True means that it is true, that it's factual, that you trust it is correct. Fact, you know, and then you have false means it's not true. So your hope is true, it's trust. Where is your whole place? And your hope comes from God. And I think about hope as in Annie. Y'all remember Annie, right? You know, Annie was, was an orphan, and she goes to a hard-knock place, and she's always trying to cheer up everybody else, says, the sun is going to come out tomorrow. You know, she's excited, realized, I know today's a bad day, so when my, my clouds are gray, I'll just sing away for the sun to come out tomorrow. She's looking forward for a better day. Are you looking towards a better day? Are you stuck in these times of tribulation, times of gray? You're allowing your pressure and the stress to come over you. Or are you saying, I know I can make it through? Why? Because the sun is going to come out tomorrow. As we all, oftentimes, you know, we we get so sanctified that we've made morning than night, but joy cometh in the morning. But can we say that when we're going through? We say it and shout when everything's good. But when you're going through, can you say that? Why do I have hope? If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Romans 5th chapter. Paul is talking about here in the fifth chapter about justification. And he uses this word hope. And and I just got excited how he was using the word hope. We're going to unpack verses 1 through 11 to see the, the, the statement that Paul is making. How we can have hope in a confident anticipation of God's glory. And how we can have hope in result of our tribulations. Tribulations, you're hearing that word tribulations while we're still turning to Romans 5 chapter. Tribulation is not necessarily mean a time of temptation, but it means to be under pressure, to be hard pressed. So let's look here. Y'all with me here in Romans 5 chapter? You have to say amen? 
If you're not there, say, hold on. All right, praise God. Word of God says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Tell somebody, glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience, somebody say hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in, somebody say, my heart, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, somebody say me. For scarcely for a, a righteous man will one die, but yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us. Somebody say me. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Somebody say me. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Let's look here for a moment. Why do I have hope? Why do I have hope? I have hope because I have peace with God. Why, why do I have peace with God? Well, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, well, you probably don't understand peace. When you know Christ, you can have peace when your life is going through certain situations that the world will tell you to curse God and die like even Job's wife told him to do so. But he said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Hope is what? Trust. Just trusting in God. So I have hope in God. Why? Because I've been justified by my what? Faith. Why? How can I be justified by my faith? Why? I'm justified by my faith because why? We have peace with God through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. It says our Lord here. So Paul is writing to Christians. If there's someone here who does not know Christ, don't worry about it. I'm going to get to you in a moment. But those who are Christians, you should realize that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do I have peace? When did I obtain peace? The moment you place your faith in Jesus. The moment you place your faith in Jesus, you had a new day of life. You became a new creature. You became born again. That's your birthday, shorty. That's the day for you to celebrate, the day it became your birthday. At that moment, at that moment, you were reconciled with God. Well, what do you mean to be reconciled? It means that if you go down to verses 6 to 10, it says when you were ungodly, when you were without strength, when you were a sinner, and even that look at verse 10 says even when you were an enemy, he died for you. So I have hope because I have peace with God. No longer do I have to fight with my flesh with him, but now I submit under his grace. Since I have peace in my life, I also have access by your faith. Look, 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 I like how it says it. it says, by, verse 2, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What it says is in the Acts, it means that God has introduced us to his grace. 
means he's introduced. Have you met grace? Have you, has anybody here met grace before? What, what is grace? What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is something you do not deserve. Grace is that I should have punched you dead in your mouth, but I said I forgive you. Grace is you cut me off. I should have honked my horn and speed up next to you and flicked you off, but I'm going to let you get on by. Grace is that I could show you my wrath and my anger and my hatred towards you for what you, the harm you have done to me. But God says, in spite of all that, I'm going to welcome you in. I want you to meet my grace. You see, God is saying this, that I love you so much. I want you to experience all of me. Come in. Let me show you my grace. And then we stand in hope. We stand in his grace. Because why? God's faithful to his word. What's the glory of God? I'm glad you asked that question. The glory of God is this, that one day we're going to be made like him. The glory of God that will be, because it says, and he raised Christ up in his glory, that will be made like him, the glory of God. So I stand in anticipation of hope that one day God's going to make me like him in a twinkling of an eye. So, so we can rejoice in the glory in anticipation. This is where the anticipation comes from, that I'm confident that I know he's coming back again. Now, I know there's a lot of TV shows, a lot of books you can write. They tell you when he's going to come back. But you know what? I don't care about their time frame. I just want to be ready. I don't need dates because dates will mess me up. Dates make me think, well, tomorrow I'll fix myself up, but today I'm going to act a fool. But when I don't know the day, each and every day makes me remind that tomorrow is not promised. So Christ may be coming up shortly at the time at 12 o'clock, but will I be ready? Am I anticipating him coming? Am I excited about his coming? In a twinkling of an eye, he's going to come like a thief, but he's not going to be a thief. He's going to come and reward his saints. The dead in Christ will rise up and those who are alive will rise up with him. I'm excited about how this trumpet is going to sound, but yet are you anticipating this? Are you standing in the grace, confident in God, what he's going to do? Because when you have this great expectation, then... Then you're able to go through tribulation. But if you're not confident that God can bring you through, how are you going to make it through? Look, look here. Let's, let's, let's look at this equation here. So we have hope because we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The confidence that God is going to change us. The confidence that this old earthen vessel is going to be gone away and we're going to have a body with no pain, no suffering. That Christ, it, you know, it, it, it still startles me. I, I challenge you, go ahead and read in the Gospels. Jesus appeared to the disciples, and the door was closed. Just think about it for a moment. And then he was gone. But yet he was able to eat with them. They were able to touch him. That's astonishing. That's astonishing that we're going to be changed to have a miraculous body like that. But yet, even that, we may have even something different than that. But yet, that's the best thing we can go by about how Christ showed himself after he died and rose again. That one day we're going to be changed and be something so magnificent, something so glorious that, Lord, I can't wait. How you can't wait to get a new car? How you can't wait to get a new house? Why don't you think, Lord, I can't wait to get out my new body. How I'm going to wait. We work and save money for a house and a car, but we don't work to train ourselves. To serve the Lord. We give in to the world. We say, well, flesh wants to do this, so flesh get what flesh wants. I know what the word of God says, 
But the word of God don't always feel good as it feels good when I do this. But yet, God to crucify the flesh. Watch this. Look at this. Then look. And verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, we're talking about we, we glory, we, we, we hope in the glory of God, but now we glory in tribulations. What? I'm going to celebrate tribulations. Why am I celebrating tribulations? Well, it took me back when I was thinking about it, because what, what is tribulation means pressure. And, and how many know where diamonds come from? Diamonds come from what? Coal. And coal goes have to go under great pressure. In order for that diamond to come out. But yet, through that pressure, it takes time. So therefore, through the tribulation, it worketh what? Patience. What is patience? The Greek word, hupono, means here to endure, to willingly go under stress. So not only is that cold being pressed, but it's willing to go under the pressure in order for experience, or in other words, character, for its true character to come out. I wish I had some help this morning. Sometimes you got to go through some situations in your life for God to work out the stuff that shouldn't be in you for your true character to come out. That tribulation you're going through, it builds you up. How people say if it doesn't kill you, it makes you strong. How true that is. People say stuff to hurt you, but it doesn't hurt you. It makes you strong. I, I developed thick skin, very thick skin, but also I became very hard-headed too. That I always was talked about since I was a kid. I, I, I look a little bit better now, but beforehand I was nothing but a toothpick. And people talk about how skinny I am. I still am skinny. Not as skinny as I used to be. But how skinny I am and talk about how if I turn sideways, they miss me. <laughs> or I can hang glide from a Dorito. You know, and, and it would talk all about me. So it would crush my self-confidence. But then as I grew, I realized that God made me. And so it doesn't matter what you say. So I'm going through this pressure. I'm going through this trial. But it's building up my character. So I'm growing in humility. I'm growing in meekness. I'm growing in patience. So I learn to curb my tongue so I don't talk back as I used to talk back. But now I speak back in love. But back in the day, though, I would cut you down. But now I'm able to build you up. I'm able to be more patient. Because why? I had to go through some trials and some tribulations in my life to make me to the man that I am now. But I haven't arrived yet. God is still working on me. I, I, I can just talk about me. I know me very well. I, I don't know about you guys. But see, I know, God, I want to be a diamond. Put me in the pressure. Purge me. Purify me, God. Remove the, the stuff that's in my life that should not be in there so I can come out and my character can be shown approved. David, he showed that I have hope in my God because of how he's brought me through. At a young age, might have been around 12, 13 years old, told King Saul, I'll take care of Goliath. King Saul said, put on my armor. David put that armor on. said, I can't fit this stuff, man. Stuff too big. What you going to go out with, David? Oh, don't worry about it. Back in the day, you know what I'm saying? I was out there just chilling, watching the sheep. You know, my dad got me on that lazy job, you know, man. But a lion came out, a bear came out, I went and killed him, you know, whatever. God delivered me from that. He's going to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. He said it like that, like, now nah, I said, like, look, what you talking about? How I know because of the trial I went through how God has delivered me back then. Guess what? I trust he'll deliver me again. You see, I have anticipation in my hope that when I go through tribulations, I know he's brought me out before. 
He'll bring me out again. Did the children of Israel walk in dry land in the Red Sea, not thinking God's going to bring them out? But they had hope. We going in. Guess what? We going out. You see, God does not set us up for failure. He sets us up for success. But when we get under the pressure, we got to decide, Lord, I'm trusting you or I'm trusting me. But yet, then I remember as that hymn says, my hope is built what? On nothing less. So I'm going to stand on Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I, I dare not touch the sweetest friends. So I, I remember in my mind that God, if you brought me here, you're not going to leave me. But you're going to bring me through. So I know I'm being pressed on every side. As Paul writes that, we're, we're like jars of clay pressed on the inside, but we're not breaking. Because there's something precious inside you. What's so precious inside you, huh? In verse 11, it says this, that Christ lives. He lives where? In you. Well, you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, his life. Gives you strength. Look at verse 11. It says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The atonement. You see that? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he still lives. Verse 10 says, and we shall be saved by his what? His life. Not only did he die, but he rose again. Why? Because he lives. I, 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 a little theology, a little apologetics for you. Buddha does not live. Muhammad does not live, but Jesus lives. He has witnesses that have seen him. Josephus writes about him. Historical accounts defend who he is, that he did live, and that he has rose again. Think about it. The Bible's been around for so many years that people still try to prove it wrong, but all they do is prove it right. This Bible has been tried and pressed, but all it does is prove its experience, its character, as it perseveres through. Think about your life right now. What are you going through in your life? It might be in your marriage. It might be something physical. It might be something emotional. It might be something financial. But you're going through something right now. Are you going to give up? Or are you going to press on? Because why? What does tribulation do? Tribulation is going to produce your patience. Your patience means your perseverance. You're enduring to undergo this struggle. And what is the struggle going to do? It's going to develop your character or your experience. It's going to let people know who you really are. You're really going to find out who you really are. You're really going to realize that, God, you really have always been there for me. I saw some people leave my side, but, God, you did not leave my side. I saw people say they're going to pray for me, call me, but they haven't called me yet. But yet, as they sang earlier, I could call on Jesus. You heard the little phone ringing on the organ. See, I could call on him. You didn't get a business signature we could call them and pick it up pick it up right on time how, how do we know this how do we know this i'm glad jazz just follow me here now to verse six for when we were yet without strength in due time christ died for the ungodly and another translation says at the right time it wasn't too late nor was it too early it was at the right time as in when it says in due time means that seed, fruit grows in due season, means at the right season. Not ahead of time, not after schedule, but in the right time. God at the right time saved us. What do you mean at the right time? Well, look at it. How were you at the time he died for you? You were not existing. So even before you came to the knowledge of Christ, he died for you knowing you will be ungodly. Not living a right and holy life. 
He knew that you were weak and powerless. That you could not pay the price. You didn't have the power to. He knew that you were a sinner, immoral. That you were rebelling against God. Living a reckless life. But yet, look at verse 10. In spite of all that, while you were still enemies, he died for you. When I, when I think about that, it reminds me of a song of Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, what? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, what's a wretch? Um, miserable, ungrateful, unfortunate person. So substitute that in that song now. That saved a miserable, ungrateful, unhappy person. Did that sound like you before you met Christ? But amazing grace, how sweet the sound of grace. God's unmerited favor on the unmiserable, unfortunate. Not even that. We see Romans said, I was ungodly. I, I was living a life that should not, I should not have lived. I was an enemy to the cross of God, but yet he still died for me. So therefore I have hope. Because if he died for me when I was not, when I was not living right, what more will he do for me now that I've given my life to him? Oh, my gosh. I wish I had some help this morning. Y'all seem dead this morning. You understand here? While you were still enemies, he died for you. So what will he withhold from you now? When he says you're now heirs to the kingdom of God through Christ, that we have been reconciled. What does it mean to be reconciled? It means that we're no longer enemies. It means we were at, against God, that we were antagonists to him. It says we were enemies to him. He is holy and we were unholy. He is right, but we were not right. How do we become right? By our faith. By our faith in who? In Jesus Christ. So that's why my hope is built on nothing less. But Jesus Christ is righteous. Because I realized that I could not have done it. I could not have paid the price. One of my favorite worship songs says, in a, in a bridge says, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross. I just want you to think about it for a moment. How often you sin? You would never be able to pay that price. But Christ is Father. I died for Sam. I died for you. I died for you. And Father, catch this. They believe in me. And my life is in them. So therefore, God says, now I call them righteous. They have been justified. We have atonement. We have reconciled our differences. We can come together and have peace. No longer fight each other. Now I have hope because I know, Lord, when things get rough in my life, when I get pressed on every side, I know that if I could just trust you, God, and have patience. Knowing, Father, knowing that my pace is going to build up my character. And, Lord, not only will it build up my character, but, God, I find out I have hope be through my tribulation. And where does my hope come from? That I can rejoice, hallelujah, that I have been redeemed and reconciled with you. So though the world may slay me, though the world may come against me, but, Father, I will trust you. So look at verse 11 again. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. You can have hope knowing that God will redeem us. You can have hope knowing that God can deliver you. You can have hope knowing that, look at my past experience. He delivered me from this relationship. 
from this financial hardship, from this ailment, from this illness, from this trouble. If he's done that back in the past, I'm glad he's the same God today as he was yesterday. I'm glad that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the I'm glad that Jesus says, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. So guess what? If I start the story, <laughs> I will end the story. You understand that? Jesus knows where he wants you to go. But are you willing to trust him while you're going through the trials and the tribulations? And say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Because when you wait on him, you can anticipate your deliverance, and your tribulation will give you hope because you know he's going to bring you through. So when you have hope, it means not a wish, not a whim, but it's a confident trust that God will do what he said he will do. To those who may not know Christ, God said this, that he loves you so much. That he said he, com- he, he commended his son. He showed his love towards us through Christ. What I like in that word commended means it means manifest, to be made known. It means basically this. He proved his love to you by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And not only through his death, but now through his life, we have justification in God. The death was the payment we could not pay. You can never pay back God for all the sin that we have done in our lives. But yet now you can say, Lord, I, I show my appreciation. By giving my life back to you. It's not an emotional experience. It's a personal experience. You don't have to do a backflip and shout. But if you say, Lord, today, I'm going to trust you with my life. You will be able to experience that peace that comes from God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, here's an opportunity for you to make that commitment if you never made it before. Jesus said this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whomsoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible also says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, and you, and you believe in your mouth and confess your heart that you shall be saved. So if you believe that Christ is the Lord and saved, you died on the cross for you, sins and rose again from the grave, you shall be saved. That's how I'm going to lead you in this prayer, lead you into confession. And I've been in Christ as your Lord and say, just pray this prayer with me. If that's you, this is your first time. If that's you, just pray this prayer with me, saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I thank you for rising again on the third day for my sins. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. And I'm asking you right now to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior.